welcome back to Cycles of Orion. This is the ninth episode of Volume 1, Fire in the Dark, containing the first chapter of Elia and the Time Traveler. Now, please sit back, relax, and take yourself away into the world of the Orion Spur. Elia and the Time Traveler, Chapter 1 In a clinic on the lower ring on board the Midway Sky Harbor. I pull my right forefinger and a bloody second skin slips off my hand. I flex my fingers free from their imprisonment and I wash them clean to white and blue. As I scrub, I eye my cooler, resting silent by my locker on a bench. I will a flaming halo around it and grin as the digifire licks the air. Ah, but something is wrong. The fire is fine, but the glow, the warmth, is jerky, shaking, annoying. But jerky fire or not, I smile as I stow my cooler away, out of sight, but never out of mind. I kill the flames and walk into recovery. My last patient is coming to a human. Ah, it moans like a beast in heat. So I stamp my finger and David, the day nurse, comes to comfort. He slips the beast some codeine and I sigh. Ah, I can never bear to hear these creatures whine. Better they recover in silence and wake when they feel shame enough to clamp it. There's time today for one, maybe two more patients. Three, if any of them are consultations. But I hope they're not. That would be such a waste. I grab a tablet from David and stare at it, meaningfully. It's blank, of course, and only I can see the list I'm projecting. But I find the illusion of order quiets a waiting room far better than actual order. <coughs> Bertram Melville? Ugh, another human. I don't hate humans, no more, no less than any other, but they look too much like my people. <laughs> well, they look too much like the people. I say, are my people. The Corio had been invaders in Elia's land, but rebels in their own. A glorious revolution against the imminent threat of Temeran sovereignty. They claimed they were saving their own species, that the Temera, naturally warlike, according to the Corio, would be driven to conquest eventually if given enough time. There was no hate involved, if you ask the Corio. Just cold, clean logic. But to Elia and the Temera, an exemplary example of her species though she may be, the Corio were masterminding a genocide. The superior species had come to save the planet, right before naming it after themselves. Corion, they called it, the sun too, and the other worlds. 
The saviors had come to begin a new era for their species, one of love and compassion for all. It's just that this particular choreo ideology only happens to work if the other sentient species disappears. It is fair, you know. I can't fault them for fighting. I would have done the same thing had I been on the winning side. Heh. <laughs> but of course, on my side, there would be far less love and compassion. The human, Melville, it stood up and made itself known. It has the same apish face as the rest of them, the same greasy complexion. But this is one of the paler ones, a male, disgusting. His hair is thin, dirty, the color of shit, his shit. And his face is long and gaunt. Hmm, could be undernourished. Might affect the product. Mr. Melville, have you been eating well? Uh, uh, eating? I, yes, yes, I suppose so. <laughs> He carries himself like an elderly monarch, all hunched over and full of pomp. He looks far too self-important for a sick man in a dirty clinic. You look thin. What is wrong? Ah, my right side hurts. It's been getting worse every day. Then today it flared up real bad. I think it might be appendicitis. <clears throat> I got these pains a few weeks back. I have heard of this pitiful human disease. It's absurd that something so useless could annihilate the body. <laughs> what a flimsy species. Won't matter. Whatever gets me inside him. But first, I must be sure the stock is good. <clears throat> I see, I see. Swell. I'll run a few tests to be sure. Speak to David, he will draw your blood. Also, to Zakari out front. He will take your insurance. So, uh, hey, Doc, how much do you charge? This operation? Two five hundred packs. Uh-huh. Well, I'll give you four thousand if you forget the insurance scam. <laughs> Garzelia, Senola, Corinne. Spelling, here. All right, I'll shoot the packs once we're done. Swell. Davy, take Mr. Melville into room two and take a sample. Get him changed. The humans are gone, and I am alone with my thoughts. I like to listen to lots of music before each new patient, to revel in the moments before their first cut. This is Zorugian Gun. He is Lokolan Salanar Novu En, the songbird of Novu. More specifically, the weeping Kalan of Novu, in reference to the species of bird found near the Lotsi capital of the planet in question, that being Novu. I sit with my feet up, gazing out at the corridors of Midway and the scum that fills them. Traders, smugglers, travelers, types you can find in any city. 
harbor folk. Fresh meat, fresh from the sky. And looking to stock up on food, water, medicine, pleasing company. That's where I come in. The medicine, not the pleasing company. I set up shop in the lower ring, right next to the main hangar bay, where all manner of city people gather. Upstanding folks, they would come back to complain. Smugglers. <laughs> By the time a smuggler finds out what is wrong, they are halfway across the spur, wondering if maybe they should have paid an extra thousand parks for a certified surgeon. No. No, no, no. Stay out! Apologies, doctor, but there's a problem with Mr. Melville. A problem? Yes, he says he's a half, but the only record I could find says he's just over a third, and he said he'd already talked to Zach, ha! but... You humans never change. Young, old, sharp knives still work. Um, yes, doctor, but I'm concerned he may be using a false name. We don't get commission if we... David! You let me worry over that. I can assure you that your pockets will not go hungry. A frightful look attaches to his face. But no, he would never accuse me. He's got the courage of a field mouse. Ugh, it angers me to look at him. I want to dig the heart from his chest. Mr. Melville's waiting in room two. Swell, get out. I check my records and find Melville's blood. I sequence it and I grin to see that Mr. Melville is in perfect health. Except, of course, for his... Appendix? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pesky. You better get to pre-op quick as you can and on to full anesthetic. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hold on a minute, Doc. I'm not going under until you tell me why you're so keen to start. Ah, well, I am a doctor, Melville, and you are going to pop. I thank you for noting the speed of my practice, mm -hmm, but... Mm -hmm. Look, I need this done now, and quietly, but I'd really like to wake up intact. So if you want to tell me why you're willing to put a new client under the knife with only his word to the payment, I'd be much obliged. Ooh, a smart one. I only serve the wholeness of the rel. That choreo bullshit always gets them off my back. <laughs> right, the rel. I turn my mind to the light and cast the shadows from my back. I've been around long enough, Doc. What's your deal? No, 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 no! I am saddened by your lack of trust. And I do have seen the rudeness of this place. But I am Corio Melville. I must serve. My people have seen so much suffering. And now it is our time of due repentance. And if that doesn't work, I'll have to run this one clean. Mm. Mr. Melville, may I call you Bertram? Well, Bertram, it is clear that you are not stupid and that you know the Midway better than most. You are a nobleman that I can see. You stick to your beliefs. But judging by your B-cells, 
You should not stick to them much longer. You've been stuck for far too long already. You must be in quite a bit of pain. <sighs> Sir, I cannot force you on there. If you are uncomforted, then you may leave. But I plead you, seek help before you burst. How about this? You fix me up here and now, local anesthetic. I see you work, then I see you get paid. And after, if I find that there's one thing out of, out of place down there, then you're going to wind up more outside than in. Comprende? <laughs> Bertram, I hardly think... Do you understand? How dare you, vile beast? I understood you before you began. I am Corio. I am here to help. David! Yes, Dr. Curie? Prepare the room. Get Melville into pre-op and onto anesthetic. Local, abdomen, right side. While I'm in there, run blood tests on... Uh, let me see. Ebiano Obindo. Ah, this is two in a row I'm missing. Maybe I'll get lucky and a Lotsi will walk in. The Lotsi are packed with redundant organs, as if their entire species decided one day to always be prepared. Conversely, battalions have only one non-essential organ, a second kidney, which in Elia's time was in such low demand that one could scarcely get more than a few thousand packs. Today is not a good day. I have what's in my cooler, but I would be impossibly lucky if I could even have a liver sample from Bertram. Even then, it would be a week before it cultured. And a battalion kidney. I don't even see the point. Another day of saving face. And oh, did it drag on. Two consultations and a clean operation for Jan. But now they are gone. I leave with my cooler, but I don't even bother to light it on digital fire. I take it to the normal place, but my contact is not there. Not worth his time. I give my take to these lackeys and spit at the pocket change I get in return. Seven cycles pass. Business is no better than usual for the most part. But then, on the last day before my deadline... I get my win. Three Lotsi come and go without a word of suspicion between them. Some guild traders from Oriz. And now, with what I took from them, I have enough packs to finally get off this station. All I have to do is meet with Skep. I love to see the simplicity of Sked's operation. He flies from nowhere. Warps across the spur, collecting ill-gotten goods. And then he settles down on a planet and sells. Real meat, wine, cheese, arms, legs, livers, hearts, and even narcotics in some backwards corner of the spur. But most important, every time he scraps his ship and then buys a new one with a freshly forged ID. He slips away, warps somewhere new, and then, once he's where he's going, 
Kragos Minar. Kragos Minar. The police can't find him. Literally, thieves find not. Oh, and fair warning, Sked prefers to speak in Alalamos. But always, by the time the locals find out where he is, he's already packed up and left on a clean ship. Off to sell livers to the drunks of Modos. Modos is the golden world of La République de Crozière, said to host the greatest parties on the spur, especially in the capital city, Vidastix. The city, actually named La Ville de Styx, has been bastardized by most of the spur according to its Medosian French pronunciation, which more closely resembles the Martian French La Vie de Styx when parsed. Hmm. But I don't care where my wares go, as long as I get paid. Once they are in my cooler, my fun is over. Elation replaced with a warm numbness for a job well done. One may say, a post-lay glow. In Elia's case, this post-lay glow refers literally to the euphoria associated with the fresh laying of an egg. A tamarin, and also a choreo woman, when in good health, will lay up to three eggs per year. Elia enjoys hers with root vegetables and pepper. I take a rickshaw from the warden trance to Sked's farm. In truth, the farm belongs to a woman named Talia. But of course, she is a front. The little old exterior to the black market of Midway. Elia, dear, come in, please. Her face is so wrinkled when she smiles that it's hard to tell the eyelids from the lips. You want kappa? How many thieves, how many rapists and killers and smugglers had Talia greeted so sweetly? I thank her. I say I'll take one. Mm-hmm. Well, pot's ready in the back. Dropped it not ten minutes ago. Let me get your mug. And she goes. I walk toward a curtain and push through. Behind it, there is Sked and some henchmen that I don't recognize. But then... There is one that I do. Dr. Kareen? Mr. Melville? <laughs> Melville. Sked, is this your organ donor? The swishing you hear is Sked wobbling his oblong head, which is a gesture of agreement among the Blibmar, a culture native to the Bellison Canyon on Tesh. The Blibmar recently came into moderate interstellar fame for the appointment of Eb Krendeko Blibmar to the office of Koro, the leader of the Teshma. Oh, and you may also hear a tightening later on. A battalion's scalp contracts when they are angered or afraid, much like a human's would, but the difference is that the battalions possess a more malleable skull than humans, and the size of their head may actually shrink by up to three centimeters. On average, battalions tighten by about one centimeter. Well, like pray, it's lucky I'm not in that cooler. Galash, galashon. Abach, Ebsked. Hel shalame, human. I wouldn't exactly say he owns me, and by the way, alalamosing shal. So happy for you, Melville. Sked, who is this man? I near took his kidney. I want to know. 
Bertram Melville, at your service. Well, maybe not at your service. Sked, why is he here? Mm, but more importantly, why didn't you warn me about Dr. Death? <laughs> what is wrong with him? The Sked I know would turn a man inside out for questioning him like that. I've seen him claw eyes for no more than a wrinkled nose. Clawed eyes is by far one of Sked's more merciful punishments. In fact, his favorite and signature punishment for disobedience was the so-called long ride. He would drug the victim in their sleep, hook them up to a space coffin, and shoot them off toward a sun. And what's a space coffin, you ask? Excellent question. It's a small pod made of triple-paned glass with metal joints and corners, standing room only, and with enough IV-fed sustenance to keep a human alive for five Earth months. Sometimes, Sked would rescue his victims right before they were cooked. He liked to get them just in time for their retinas to have burned and their bodies to have been sufficiently irradiated. And then, he would patch them up and let them wake up in their own bed. Most of them died soon after from sleep deprivation. What is this man? Is he some prophet? Does he candy your thoughts and guide your actions? Are you ashamed of him? Who wants to? That's more like it. I'm not insulting you. I'm helping you. I've been inside this man. I've seen him soft and helpless at the mercy of his little body. Help me understand. Yeah. Believe not you of me. That is what I am afraid on. What has he been telling you? Do I need another buyer? Well, I'm a time traveler. Never. In a large amount of time I spent preparing responses, did I think to prepare one for this? Allow me to explain. In the future, I build myself a machine that will transport me back to this time. Unfortunately, I will also fail to take certain containment issues into account, and so I wind up stranded here until such a time that the necessary parts are invented. Skid, you believe this? Hmm? Ella. Ella. And so I listen. Sked and I met by chance on a body. I was following up on an investigation of mine, and we ran into each other a few days before I was due to head to Midway. I'd always heard tales of the dread pirate Sked, mostly of how he fell to the crags in the Commonwealth when they raided his safe house. That would have been, what, last year? I warned him, and he took me prisoner to be sure I wasn't lying. We watched the raid from orbit. Got out just in time, too. Now I stay here on Midway and help where I can. I still remember who won most of the RFI Cup championships, so we make small fortunes off of that. And you'd be hard-pressed these days to find anyone who can tell you where the Crags are building new outposts. Anyone but me, that is. Then, I didn't know what to think. Didn't have a clue. But one thing was for sure. I was going to be seeing much more of these Bertrand Melville. And now, two cycles later, I get my chance. I have enough packs laying around to do whatever I want, whenever. And I'm even thinking about closing my clinic. But 
I need some space to think. Clear my head. But of course, who do I see but the gawky man himself? Also out for a stroll. We walk, we talk. A time traveler. A time traveler. Mm. So, all of what you know, and you work for Sked and on Midway? <laughs> who doesn't want to be a pirate? An endless sky at your fingertips, no such thing as travel bans, not to mention my credit chits work again. Besides, I've got nothing better to do. I'm biding my time. Hmm. I look down at him, strutting along, his features tunneling through the air, searching for... something. Ahem. This machine of yours, what is it? Oh, it's a... it's a... It's a module, like a driver that goes into a ship interface. And what exactly do you need to get it running? A neutrino encapsulator. <laughs> no way he's being straight with me. Sounds technical. Why can't you build one yourself? Oh, it's all beyond me. Is it? Did you not build this machine yourself? Ah, uh, yes, but I didn't build every part. I'm more assembled. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? What? No one. No, I'm nothing. Hmm. I see. Bertram, hmm? how long will you be here? What, midway? Don't know. Say I'll be here for a while. Why? I grow tired of my nurse. When my clinic opens next cycle, hmm? I want you running intake. Y what? You want me to be your nurse? I have absolutely no training. I mean, don't you want somebody certified? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, of course, Bertram. Because I run a perfectly legal business. Please. I look Corio. That is all I need. You look trusty in a scummy sort of way. Come be my nurse. Wait, you aren't Corio? Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So what? Is the harvest too much to handle these days? Ah, uh, no. But I grow tired of keeping secrets from a fool. Uh, He's in for a cyst removal in five days. Local anesthetic, but it is far too easy to slip him the full. <laughs> not like I worry he'll wake up. But if you are not convinced by now, then I'll give you a bonus. Hmm? Whatever we get for his heart. Hmm. What's his blood type? <laughs> o negative. This has been the ninth episode of Cycles of Orion, Volume 1, Fire in the Dark, starring Alison Kumar as Elia, Rob Philo as David, Darlene Mercer as Talia, and E.P. Dannis as Sked, the narrator, and the time traveler. Special thanks this episode goes to Incompetech for background music, and we would like to thank as well the creators at freesound.com, without whom this series would be a lot duller. In particular this month, we featured the sounds of Amholma, this username is, Crash Override, and Tobias Ludwig. And of course, we would like to thank you for listening. 
Tune in next month for the second chapter of Elia and the Time Traveler as her influence starts to break the Time Traveler out of his shell. But in the meantime, don't forget to share on social media, and if you want to read more from E.P. Danis, head on over to epdanis.com.